0: Our opening screen is split into three. On the left, we see Silk and Alistair coming up from Alistair's basement, Julian trailing behind the pair like a shadow. There's a closeness between Silk and Alistair that wasn't there before, though Alistair's wounds still have not fully healed. In the middle, we see Alex from the view of his car, following Isabella into the St. Fleur Parish Church in Five Points, Jew's phone sitting in the open glove box still turned on. And on the right, we see Victor and Jeremiah standing outside Jeremiah's apartment, where the door is suspiciously ajar. And I just want to pick right back up there. So you're outside of Jeremiah's kicked-in door.
1: There's a door trapped in my office. If it's open, we run. Second thing, if there's a parrot and it's not in its cage, we also run. Don't ask me about why. Just get out of the apartment as quickly as you can if you see either of those two things.
2: Victor blinks once. And moves into the apartment. Uh,
1: Jeremiah will fall behind him. Shotguns under a couch.
2: Victor doesn't currently have a weapon out, uh, and Jeremiah has his revolver.
0: Jeremiah, do you have, like, normally, like, photos hanging on your walls at all? Or, like, is it very sparsely decorated? What's the normal state of your apartment?
1: Outside of his office and his bedroom is pretty Spartan. Uh, like, as you enter, there's a, um, a coat rack, hat rack, place to put your umbrella, just to the right of a door, but not much else. As you go in, uh, the living room is the first room you see. Uh, there's a couch and some lamps and a decorative fern, but other than that, it's pretty bare.
0: Victor, as you move into the apartment, you see that... A fern has been knocked over, which you're pretty sure is not how Jeremiah would normally keep his fern. And a lamp has been broken. Additionally, there's that window in the living room and the window is open.
2: Is there a fire escape there? Yes. I'm going to go out that window and look up or down to see which way the person went, if I can.
1: Jeremiah will check his kitchen first.
2: Sorry, I'm trying to figure out the best
0: roll to make here probably investigate a place of power if one of you wants to roll with mortality
1: that is a partial success
0: on a hit you see below the surface to the reality underneath victor as you step out onto the fire escape you see that the bottom ladder had like jeremiah's apartment's up a couple of floors but the ladder all the way at the bottom that's normally pulled up has been kicked down Additionally, it looks like there is a um smear of blood on one of the handrails. Jeremiah, back in the kitchen. I mean, do you, you don't really keep anything important in your kitchen, do you?
1: No, I just wanted to make sure no one's in there.
0: No, nobody's in your kitchen. The kitchen does look like it was rifled through, like you can tell some of the drawers were pulled open. But for the most part, like it's mostly how you left it.
1: Uh, office next. All his important shit is kept.
0: The door to your office is open.
1: He will cautiously push open the door fully and uh, do a quick sweep. Revolver ready.
0: So how do you store everything?
1: Jeremiah is very careful with his storage. Um, he has lots of like drawers and cupboards and all sorts of like storage space. Uh, set out for various sizes of items. Small items obviously get like a nice uh, padding to rest in, so like uh, jewelry, rings, necklaces, that sort of stuff. Larger items might get cupboard devoted to them. And depending on how dangerous they are, they might go in one of his safes. There's a very spooky black door trapped in one of the walls and hanging near his desk is a part with a cage in it. Uh, around the desk is a lot of where he keeps his paperwork. There's a couple of firing, uh, filing cabinets. He's got a large desk with drawers for pens, stationery, and various other office supplies.
0: So good news, the black door is still there. Bad news, the parrot and the cage are missing. Not every single safe has been cracked open, but a couple of the safes have been cracked open. A lot of the drawers have been pulled out. They didn't take everything, but there is definitely stuff missing.
1: Uh Oh. Victor? Victor? Yeah? We have a problem. My parrot's missing.
2: Well, you can get a new parrot.
1: Okay. I didn't want to have the parrot in the first place. I've been keeping it safe.
2: Good news, then.
1: So, I found this parrot. Uh... Hunter, it kills people, maybe. I don't know, but I haven't fed it, or given it water, or let it out of its cage. It doesn't shit, it doesn't die, it just sits there and occasionally it squawks, and no matter where I'm in this fucking apartment, I can hear it squawk. This parrot scares the shit out of me, Victor.
2: Victor massages his forehead. I... Isn't it good that it's gone, Jeremiah? I don't know.
1: No! It's not good. I have no idea what it does. I found it in a giant pile of bodies, Victor. There are six people torn limb from limb, and just this fucking parrot in a cage. And there is a note on it that said not to open under any circumstances, and someone took the damn parrot. I know this seems crazy, but like, magic does weird shit. And now there's some evil, immortal, scary-ass parrot.
2: Listen, I'd be more concerned about whoever hit you than the parrot they stole, honestly. Oh, I'm
1: very concerned about that, but I'm also more concerned about the parrot.
2: Well, whoever left
1: bled a bit on your uh, fire escape. Okay, do you need me to pay you money to pick up the scent or are you going to do it for free? Jeremiah will pull out a couple hundred dollar bills and hand them to Victor.
2: Victor takes the money, folds it in half, and tucks it into his jacket. Listen, I don't do anything for free. Good. Smart. All right. I'll go figure it out who it is, and I'll let you know as soon as I know. Now. And then he lifts your couch up and reaches underneath to try and find a shotgun.
0: The shotgun is still there.
2: So, I'm in two minds about shotguns. I love breech-loading shotguns because they're cool, but I also love... The, uh, the pump action shotgun. What do we have here?
0: Not the pump action.
2: He takes the, the, the off breech loading shotgun, cracks it open. Is it loaded? No. He reassembles the shotgun, puts it under, a sh- under an arm, and looks under the couch for a box of ammo.
0: Victor, you find a box of ammo. That has a note tape to it that in very nice script says, use only in dire emergencies.
2: I take the note off and like hand it to Jeremiah. All right, I gotta go.
0: Jeremiah, that is definitely Dinah's handwriting.
1: Uh, I need a favor.
2: Aren't I already doing that?
1: I'm paying you to do this, but for things you've done to me previously, you know, like left me high and dry to... Uh certain curiosity shop over in Five Points. I need you to go find say three to five of your packmates that can keep their mouths shut and bring them back here.
2: What do you need them for?
1: I need you and your packmates to go find Alistair and bring him to my apartment as I need to have a very long and probably painful conversation with him. Listen, I can handle that myself. Yes, but I want to be doing the pain. Okay, that came out wrong. Alistair needs to go do something for me, and I need to make it very, very clear to him what will happen to him if he says no. And that either involves a large bag of tools that I'm going to get from my car, or I'm going to finish him off and wrap his body in a blanket and throw him into the river.
2: Listen... I can't just let you kill someone who lives on my territory.
1: I'm probably not going to kill him.
2: Nor can I be part of a torture grab bag. I'm going to try to refuse to honor this debt. Oh, that's a nine. On a seven to nine, choose one. I owe them an additional debt. I lose face with their faction or I mark corruption. I'm going to uh, give you another debt on me. Listen, you want to have a cordial conversation with Alistair? I can help you make that happen. I can keep things safe and easy, but I am not going to help you hurt or murder him until he has done something that has put my people in danger. That demon shit he's doing might be that, but I don't Have his side of the story on that, and all I've got is your word. I'm angry with Silk, but not Alistair.
1: Jeremiah, composure is gonna break, and he's gonna look incredibly like pissed off. There's definitely a little like murderous glint in his eye directed at Victor before he sort of like calms himself down. All right, we will talk to Alistair nicely but I still need to talk to him again. All right.
2: Do you want me to set it up, or do you want to set it up and I'll make sure it's a nice conversation?
1: You set it up. All right. I did shoot him.
2: Yes, you did. Wait, you did?
1: Yes. When lightning hits your arm, certain muscles tense. And, you know, he forgot what I was pointing at him.
2: Sounds like his fault, then.
1: Jeremiah will uh, look down at his uh, injured arm. Yes. Yes, it is. Anyway, see what you can find out.
2: Yeah, I'll see. Uh, Victor heads out the window and uh, sniffs at the blood there. Bloodhound. When you hunt someone, roll with blood. That is an eight. On a hit, I know exactly where to find them and can follow their scent until I do
0: So we get that shot of Victor, like, inhaling, get that nod, and I'm assuming going properly down the fire escape.
2: Yeah, he walks down the fire escape and loads two shells into the shotgun before cracking it back into place.
0: And as we get that crack, we are going to transition back to Alistair and Silk.
3: So, Alistair, what exactly did you do to get Jeremiah so riled up that was quite unlike him? Well, this him.
4: What do you mean,
3: this him? Never you mind. But most friends don't go around shooting each other.
4: I would struggle to call him a friend even before today, but most friends also don't point guns at their friend's cousins. I had assumed
3: you weren't in your, in the friendliest relationship with uh, Theodora.
4: Uh, was I mistaken? She is, a means to an end. That, well, Jeremiah, got in the way of that. So I hope he's happy with himself. I'm gonna have to do, pardon the pun, a hell of a lot more work to find Theodora now than I would have previously
3: well her destination isn't very friendly for the likes of well you people
4: you've got my curiosity how do you fare in that type of land let's just say it's not too
3: dissimilar to the existence the natural existence
4: of us well finally i get some good news today you wanted me to find people for you I want you to find some people for me. Sounds like we might have a deal here. Is that so?
3: What did you have in mind?
4: You wanted me to find out about why your... What do you call them? Queen? Emperor? Whatever they are. Was looking for you. I can find that information out most likely very easily. And then... Once I do, you can find Theodora for me, and I can get the answers I've been looking for for quite some time.
3: Hmm. Depending on exactly what it is that Cassius is looking for, I might need to take a visit back home sooner than I had expected. So, these terms seem amendable to me.
4: So all I need from you is... A personal belonging of the person you want me to find, and I'll handle the dirty work from there.
3: Of course. Would a letter that they had written to me work? It did belong to them at one point, after all. Yes, that should be ideal. Fancy a ride to Harbor Heights, then?
4: I'm assuming that our dear vampire friend will want to tag along, but as long as you don't mind, then... I believe I, some fresher, might do my bullet wound some good. Well, at least you do have most of your insides back, well, inside. That's where I tend to prefer to keep them.
3: Sometimes you need a little, uh, a little fun with your corporal
4: body. Where is Julian in relation to us?
0: Within earshot.
4: Dear Julian, would you... Be up for an adventure. I'm assuming you would like to continue keeping an eye on me and, well, to be honest, I wouldn't mind you having my back.
0: Well, I can do one of those things for sure.
4: Well, just keep in mind, I don't think your boss would like to see me dead quite yet.
0: I would never presume what they think.
3: I probably should inquire what it is your relationship is here. I had thought this was merely a fun visit but it seems there's quite a bit more to it
0: no problem mixing pleasure with business in my opinion
3: um is this business that will be of the dangerous sort
0: not currently
3: lovely um i don't care which one of you rides in the passenger seat so you can fight amongst yourselves
4: i think allister will take the passenger seat
0: As the three of you get into Silk's vehicle and start heading towards Harbors Heights, we pan back over to the church.
5: Alex has been heading there at the request, or at least invitation, uh, of Isabel Lane. And it's been a hot minute since we've been here. So... As they enter, uh, Alex is actually just going to kind of go over at her. Now, it's been a minute since I've been in a church by invitation rather than force. My apologies for the blunt question, Miss Lane, but given what I know of your organization, it seems like an odd front.
0: Isabel just kind of smiles. A very insincere smile, and I'm... I'm interested in what you know about my organization, then, if you think it's an odd front.
5: Slightly more than last time we were together. I know that you run an orphanage and that many of the children don't leave there for strangely persnickety reasons. Doesn't seem like this thing a church would do, does it?
0: We get plenty of children adopted out every year. Unfortunately, there are some cases that tend to fall through the cracks, so to speak.
5: No, I'm not speaking about falling through the cracks. I'm talking about actively being denied fosters for reasons that many other children would have been placed because of.
0: I think at this point, the two of you have kind of like made it over to where the confessional booth is. Um, kind of what I'm familiar with. Because I know a lot of churches do have like the confessional booth, but um, some churches have more kind of like a room where either you can kneel behind like a screen or you can sit and talk face to face. It's like almost kind of like a tiny office. Um, And she opens the door and says, well, it sounds like you have quite the the loose tongue today. Maybe we can speak about this further during your confession. (laughs) Well, why not?
5: And Alex will head on in. Now, it's been quite a long time since I've done this. You'll have to forgive me. I'm a little rusty, and
0: it might take a while. (laughs) Well, the point of confession is forgiveness, is it not?
5: Hmm. Depends on what you believe. So, let me start by asking you that then, Miss Lane. Are you actually religious?
0: That's a rather improper question to ask, but since you are so straightforward with me, I suppose I owe you at least an answer to that. No, not particularly.
5: Hmm. No, you didn't seem the type.
0: I'm here more to manage the administration. Alex is
5: just going to go over and have a seat. Well, in that at least, we have some commonality. I used to be quite devout, you know.
0: I was too once upon a time, but I imagine your story is much more interesting. Isabel, like, sits in the other seat. She's studying you, undoubtedly.
5: And Alex kind of like steeples his fingers. uh, It's not what I would call interesting. It's more, well, you asked me what I knew about your organization. Perhaps I should turn that question back upon you. I can't imagine you haven't been doing any kind of research. So what do you know about my history?
0: I think we've moved into figure someone out territory at this point. There's something she's willing to tell and there's something she's not. That is
5: a six. I am so good at rolling.
0: So here's what I will offer you. We will swap the move. She will get two hold, you will get one.
5: That's fine with me.
0: But she is going to go ahead and answer this question. She just leans back and goes, Well, you aren't quite the same as many of the other vampires that have taken residence in St. Fleur. Not that... There are none like you, but I do find the um, entanglement with the Margaret Pack very interesting.
5: In the fact that I have been interacting with them for a long period of time, or that they haven't just killed me out of hand yet.
0: Well, rather both. I mean, to just continue to hold that guilt over their heads when it's been hundreds of years. Yeah.
5: One hundred and sixty-four, but who's counting?
0: Definitely not you.
5: Every day. No. They have a purpose to serve, and they are largely more beneficial than harmful.
0: Largely. Well, you seem to be the type who has at least strong feelings about purposes. What do you think mine is here? She's asking what is your character hoping to get from her?
5: Here's the thing. I have come into some information about your organization that has given me pause. I don't approve of the way they do business, and largely I don't approve of their aims. And I am considering whether I should not deal with this matter directly. So what I'm hoping to get from you is a reason I shouldn't burn your organization to the ground.
0: She, like, leans back in the chair and kind of, like, drums her fingers on the arm of it. I'm not quite sure what you would find a good enough reason.
5: What purpose do you serve? What good do you bring to this city, not just yourselves?
0: Have you ever asked yourself, with the unideal placement, geographically speaking, of the city, how it has managed to continue to flourish and become one of the largest commerce centers of the country.
5: To be honest, no.
0: Yeah. A lot of people overlook it, but that was part of Mabel's goal and legacy that she left behind in this organization. That doesn't happen without power.
5: So I'm sorry. Uh, The point of view, then, is financial prosperity on inhospitable land.
0: I mean, boiled down into very practical terms.
5: Well, I'm nothing if not practical.
0: The church front cares for the spiritual prosperity. Um, It's also used to redistribute gains, so to speak, throughout the city. Fund charities. Continue to ensure that life can thrive here. That is what our organization does.
5: So, to a large degree, the things that any other church would do.
0: She just kind of shrugs. Just because it's a front doesn't mean it doesn't operate the way it should, predominantly.
5: Yes, there's that word. The dysfunction inherent. So, let me just drop pretense for a moment here. I know that Kieran Shearer was one of yours, and that his murder was related directly to his work with you and i understand why and frankly i don't disagree with it there is a lot of corruption inside your organization miss lane regardless of the ends is done through corrupt means now perhaps for you the one justifies the other but largely i came here to give you the chance to clean your house before i do because to be honest i don't have anything against you as a person alex at that point is going to stand up from the desk
0: And if you clean us out, if, what do you think is going to happen?
5: Honestly, I suspect there is going to be a lot of collateral damage. I expect that it's going to hurt a lot of people who don't deserve to be hurt, but frankly, Miss Lane, that won't be the first time I've seen something like that. And I've seen what can happen afterwards. That's why I'm giving you the chance to do it yourself. I think uh, the one question, since I have the one thank you, is how could I get you to actually take this seriously?
0: Okay, so here's the thing about Isabel Lane and her position, both in the organization and within the church structure. She has no skin in the game right now, so to speak. Nothing that's been hit so far has hurt her personally. And actually, she's benefited from all of the murders. She's benefited from Rosalie doing dumb shit she's benefited from the floor being taken down she is well poised that if she wants to make a power play she could because she has not been hurt from this yet if you want her to like actually take this seriously you have to find a way to get her skin actually in the game and you kind of gather that through like the way that she's just kind of like her whole demeanor during this entire conversation like she barely reacted when you brought up Kieran's death just the way she speaks about things, she's very much means to ends. It's not that she doesn't care, just that level of caring's not there because nothing is making her. She's not been hurt by it yet.
5: As Alex is kind of pacing around the room, mulling that over, he's going to look back over.
0: Huh. Are you familiar with
5: French history very much, Miss Lane?
0: Not particularly.
5: Remember when I said that I know. What can happen after you remove a large source of power in a city, and how terrible that will be in the short run, but how beneficial it can be in the long run.
0: Yes. Sounds like the French Revolution.
5: Very much. This society is built on the bones of the old one. And believe me when I say bones, the reign of terror did not discriminate, Ms. Lane. You yourself may not have done anything that I would deem worthy of what will happen. But you consort with those who do. If you think this will stop just with the few people responsible, I believe you need a history lesson. It is in your best interests, then, to avert that.
0: Isabel smiles. Is there anything else you'd like to confess today, Mr. Giroux? No.
5: Not at all. Like I said, not much of a believer these days. And as he's in the doorway, he kind of looks back. After all, no loving God would allow something like me to exist. Uh, And he heads out of the church.
0: As we get that shot of Alex walking out of the church, we move back to Victor, who is on the trail.
2: Alistair, um, your phone begins to ring.
4: Alistair looks over at Silk and says, Do you mind if I take this? Not at all. Uh, Go ahead. Alistair will answer and, Hello.
2: Alistair, it's Victor.
4: Yes, I could tell by the uh, voice.
2: Fine. Jeremiah wants to have a conversation with you. About what? He wouldn't say. But he said it would be a a amenable one. A nice, easy chat. No guns, no lightning bolts needed.
4: Well, to be fair, there were hardly any guns needed last time, but that didn't stop them from coming out.
2: Sure. Have you been summoning demons in my territory?
4: Summoning is such a harsh word. Hmm. Communicating would be more accurate.
2: Making deals?
4: Not successfully, if that gives you any pleasure. You know what
2: happened to Kyle?
4: I've heard tale.
2: Hmm. Make sure it doesn't need to happen to you, too.
4: So... This little conversation Jeremiah wants to have, why is he too cowardly to call me up himself?
2: Because you wouldn't pick up his your phone if he called you, I'm sure.
4: Uh, it's been quite a while since I've had a stalker, but, well, I'm a little bit busy at the moment. When was he hoping to discuss things with me?
2: He's free when you're free. Um, I'll be there as well to make sure things go well for both of you.
4: Yes, that sounds probably like a good idea. I'll send him a message when I've got the time.
2: Hmm. All right. Let me know when.
4: Are you talking to Victor? Uh, Would you mind putting him
3: on speaker? I I do uh, have something to tell him.
4: Alistair will pop him over on speaker and say, Victor, Silk would like to have a conversation with you.
3: Um, do you recall the demon that you um, dined upon? Well, his host. Um, he does know your name now. I, th- I just thought you should know. I do know. Lovely. Um, I figured it would be easier if... Well, you can handle yourself, um, I'm aware of, but not the people in your periphery. And I figured this would be easier for you.
2: Why would you think this would make anything easier for me?
3: Well, he was going to come after you, um, whether you whether he knew your name or not. And this way, he will not be going for, shall we say, softer targets first. Mm.
2: Listen, Silk, this sounds more like a justification to me than anything. I do not appreciate your meddling.
3: Well, I try to help. If you don't um, appreciate it, well, it's
2: already done. Mm. Be careful out there, Silk. Victor hangs up the phone.
0: Victor, as you were on that um, phone call, you were following that trail. Jeremiah lives in Franklin Square. And the trail is actually leading towards downtown. And at one point, like, when you hang up the phone, you're standing at the top of one of the subway station staircases but this is one of the abandoned ones and the scent goes down into the station i follow it it is very dark down there but you follow it down there's clearly like graffiti down in here signs that homeless people have been squatting down here along one wall as victor is following this scent we see splashed in red paint, you know, abandon all hope, ye who enter here. And it's still kind of oddly empty right now. You would expect with like how much trash and like torn up blankets and there is like the remnants of a barrel fire and with how cold it is and that it's snowing out, you would expect there to be people actively squatting down here right now, but there aren't any. And the scent trail goes into what was once the men's restroom down here.
2: Guess I need to take a leak. He unsheathed the shotgun, braces it on his forearm, and uses that hand to open the door. You
0: open the door and it is just like pitch black in there. You can tell that the scent goes in there and it doesn't come out. But like something feels a little odd.
2: I'm just going to go from stall to stall, opening each one to check what's behind.
0: So literally only one of the stalls has its door at this point. You knock that one stall door open, scaring like a rat that was hanging out on the toilet. It like squeaks and runs past you. This is like a, a rat, not a rat. The big rat. But there's nobody in there. And as you follow the scent trail, it goes over to one of the sinks. The one sink that still has like a not broken mirror above it.
2: Would it be appropriate to investigate a place of power in this situation?
0: You can investigate a place of power in this situation for sure. Please roll with wild.
2: I rolled a three.
0: Victor, you walk over towards that spot to like get a closer look and before you can really react two hands come out of the mirror grab the front of your jacket and pull you in and through and I think that's a really great spot to cut to someone else
4: so what can you tell me about this uh person I'm meant to be tracking?: Well, Cassius has formed his
3: own court over on this side of the, uh, the Fay wilds, and still remains subservient to my queen, um, Which is uh, Which is a shame, really? Why would you create your own court and decide to listen to or follow orders from someone higher? For whatever reason, he seems to be interested in me at the moment, and I am not too fond of that idea.
4: And you don't have any idea what you may have done to uh, draw his eye?
3: Oh, I have several ideas. I just have trouble narrowing it down. A relatable sentiment. It may... Not come as a surprise to you, but my kind tend to enjoy playing tricks. And sometimes those tricks may call upon consequences.
4: So you believe this to be consequences of a previous trick? Oh,
3: undoubtedly. Just
4: which one and
3: how heavy the consequences are, the, the, the real question here.
4: Well, I suppose I'll find out.
0: It's about at this point in the conversation where you reach Silk's condo.
4: I go and park
3: in, like, just the middle of the the driveway that I have. And when I open the door, you guys get blasted with just a freezing wind. And, like, just past the entryway of Silk's house is a snowy field. Because apparently Silk is into changing the weather with Glamour's in his home right now.
0: Silk, have you verbally invited Julian into your house yet? Well, um... You notice him stop, like, just short of the threshold, and he looks at you.
4: Silk will smile, and of course, come on in. Oh, that's a real thing. Silk, do you have a bag of rice handy? Yes. Do do, do you need... Are you hungry? No, but if that's real, I want to find out if the, uh... Other rumors I've heard are correct. So Silk
3: looks like he reaches for like a trunk of a tree and opens it and it's a a cabinet on the other side. And he pulls out um, a bag of rice and tosses it at you.
4: Alistair just dumps like half of it in front of Julian and looks at him expectantly.
0: He's just going to be like, are you really? And starts counting the rice.
4: Alistair is absolutely delighted. So, that letter you wanted me to, uh, investigate. Uh, yes, uh, it's, uh, just over this way. And he leads you over to
3: where, what looks like a a campfire, he reaches over it, and, like, a mantle uh, appears, uh, because this was, like, his fireplace, and he grabs a letter and hands it to you. Um, this arrived not too long ago, so hopefully in the sense that you require, it still belongs to him.
4: Uh, Okay. I still have one hold left in my channeling, so I would like to spend that, please. In order to use my spell tracking, spend one hold to learn the location of someone. You must have a personal object that belongs to the target or recent leavings of their body.
0: Can I go ahead and get you a roll to let it out on top of that, since this has not been in his possession for, like, a week and some change at this point?
4: I got a twelve.
0: So, we get that kind of shift out to the map that we've seen happen before when Alistair has used this tracking spell. Alistair, what you see is you're over in Harbor Heights and you kind of like see across this map like a straight line to like a glanting out in the outskirts, like a very specific spot where you know because you grew up in St. Flora that there's like a campground and stuff out that way and some people have like taken residence there permanently and built like cabins and stuff but yeah that's where he is
4: well it does seem like I've got a location I could go investigate on this tell me Silk would you like to go with me or would you rather I go by myself
3: I would much prefer not to be in the area if he happens to be there
4: yes that's uh quite fair how quickly do you need this done i'd well something's nagging at the back of my mind about this whole jeremiah meeting um no
3: real timeline at this point but don't take too long
4: i should be able to have answers for you sometime tomorrow lovely that should be just fine tea Uh, no thanks. Could I request a ride over to Jeremiah's? Certainly. Um, well,
3: I'm sure your new friend can keep you safe if he decides to take another shot at you. Once he's done counting the rice.
0: 27,838. And, like, already has, like, the rice bagged back up. Lovely.
3: I was worried I was going to have to clean that up.
4: In that case, Alistair is going to pull out his phone... I'm assuming he has Jeremiah's number and text him. I think it's just, like, it's not even on my way. It's just OMW.
1: Jeremiah uh, has just thrown his now pretty ruined suit onto the couch, taken a quick shower, wiped off most of his makeup, and just put on jeans and a black t-shirt. He doesn't need to be uh, dressed up.
0: Have you fixed your fern? I need to know.
1: Uh he has put his fern, is now standing straight back up. Jeremiah has some phone calls to make.
0: Alright, let's start making those phone calls.
1: I'm gonna hit the streets with mortality. To contact Celia Mendoza.
0: Ooh, okay. Fantastic.
1: I was really hoping for that.
0: What are you hitting her up for? Weaponry. The phone rings a couple of times and then, hello?
1: Celia, it's Jeremiah.
0: Jeremiah. I'd say always a pleasure, but we both know that would be a lie.
1: Yes. But I'm in need of your assistance, and I can pay.
0: I'm surprised. I thought you normally source uh, everything for yourself.
1: Uh, usually yes, but... uh Sometimes I'm a little desperate, and I need someone who can get their hands on a lot of guns really fast. And you're just the type of woman who can do that.
0: Well, vocational honor keeps me from asking what you could possibly need guns for, but I do need to know what guns you need.
1: Uh, shotguns and rifles.
0: Any particular amount you're looking to get your hands on? Uh, I'd say six,
1: the most. So oh, I will make do even if it's just one you can get me.
0: Six of each or three of each six total? Six total.
1: Get me what you can.
0: And when do you need these by?
1: Uh, preferably before the end of the day.
0: Can you meet me somewhere?
1: Where do you need me to meet you?
0: Washington Terrace Library. That's always neutral ground.
1: I will see you there.
0: Perfect. Give it maybe mm, two hours and I should be good. And- This is going to be a little pricey for the rush order.
1: I'm well aware. I can manage right now.
0: All right. I will see you soon.
1: Pleasure to talk to you again. Second hit the streets. Gonna be with power.
0: Who are you hitting in power? And for what? I am
1: going to hit a homeless drug addicted oracle who is particularly powerful. Jeffrey Combs.
0: And what are you hitting him up for?
1: I need him to come over to my apartment and do a reading. See what he sees.
0: Roll to hit the streets with power.
1: Hey, partial success. Pick your poison. Um, more costly than anticipated.
0: He, uh, picks up the phone and, um, like, uh, Jeremiah.
1: Jeffrey! I need your assistance. For what? Uh, I need you to come over to my apartment and take a reading. I had an uninvited visitor, and I'd like to find out more about them. And yes, you can bring the creepy head you're always with.
0: (sighs) Jeremiah, I'm I'm in Harbor Heights right now. I'm not going to be able to get over there for a bit. Unless you want to come get me.
1: I will get you an Uber.
0: I don't trust Uber drivers. They're all... They're all crackheads. It's you or nothing.
1: All right. What alley do you happen to be bumming in this time?
0: I'm between docks four and five of the port.
1: All right. I will see you soon.
0: See ya, buddy. Click. So what it's costing you is your time.
1: God damn it. All right. He has phone calls to make on the way. He's going to text Felicia, I have the books you want. Meet me at my apartment in an hour, and I will give them to you. Then he will text Dinah, if possible, come to my apartment ASAP. I got hit by this mysterious burglar, and I need your help. Now, let's go get Jeffrey. I guess Benny gets a text from Alistair, and it's like, what the fuck is that?
0: Yeah, so basically... You have enough time to go get Jeffrey and bring Jeffrey back. And that's going to be about the same time Alistair makes it to your apartment.
1: It's actually pretty, works out pretty well. So we
0: get the shot of Jeremiah getting into his car and starting to head towards Harbor Heights. And we move back to Alex who is leaving, has left the church?
5: Yep. Uh, Alex has left the church. He's just walking back to his car at this point, because mission accomplished.
0: Alex, there is a rather well-dressed looking person of Asian descent leaning against your vehicle.
5: Well-dressed, you say? Do I know this person? Should I know this
0: person? (laughs) Well-dressed is one word for it. Well and ostentatious, ostentatiously dressed. The listener recognizes them as Fen. You can roll with Night to see if you know who this is. I was actually going to ask,
5: should I do this or should I just assume that uh, one of my current head ghosts recognizes this
0: person? Um, yeah, no, you immediately know that it's Fen because, like, Ju starts mentally kicking against you, basically. There's a lot of, like, mixed emotion there.
5: We'll tuck that away for a sec. And I think Alex is going to stop maybe, like, a couple of feet away, put his, you know, hands in his pockets. Ah. And he kind of looks him up and down. I don't see a body. I assume you have it somewhere else.
0: Well, you know, it's in safekeeping, and I like to vet my deals before I make them.
5: Of course, I understand. Your sibling was somewhat less considerate.
0: Well, he has always been that way. What can I say?
5: Hmm. Yes, well. And then I kind of like looks at the car. Did you want to go somewhere or are we doing this on the street?
0: Finn smiles at you and is like, well, I'm not much of an exhibitionist, so I'd rather it not be in the street.
5: I tend to be a little private myself. And he kind of looks back towards the church. Uh, Well, normally I would suggest, but, uh, I seem to have... hmm, not a good idea at this point. Do you have any suggestions?
0: (sighs) Well, I'm assuming you want somewhere that's neutral ground.
5: Ah, well, it would be appreciated, but I don't think it's required, if we're being honest.
0: Well, if you want somewhere more neutral, but with people who might get in the way and the body not there, we can go to the country club. Or if you want to be where the body is, but less concerned about things being neutral, you're always welcome at my club downtown.
5: (laughs) Well, you know, I'm going to the country club in a couple of days. Don't want to overstay my welcome. Let's go to your place.
0: Lovely. I don't suppose you could give me a ride.
5: Of course. I'll open the door for them.
0: They, uh, sit down in your car with a beaming smile and- Oh, thank you. Such a gentleman.
5: Well, I do try. Uh, I will need directions, of course. And I think on the way, uh, Alex is just going to make some small talk. So, I do feel somewhat bad that it's taken us this long to get to know each other under these circumstances.
0: Well, we have nothing if not time. Hmm. Where's the rush?
5: Yes, well, your brother seem to think that... You were going to make a play for the city proper and wanted to enlist me.
0: chu has some extreme ideology.
5: Yes, well, wouldn't be the first one I've met. So allow me to just ask straight out then. What are your designs?
0: Welcome to the day of Alex rolling to figure someone out. That's an eight. Yeah, what is your
5: character hoping to get from the city?
0: Finn is like, just kind of like, leaning back and... Staring at you as you're driving. Well, I've followed this cycle a couple of times at this point. I know that the uh, pressure cooker is about to vent off some steam, so to speak, and power is going to just shift again. And I figured at this time, well, someone who's not mortal should make a play for it.
5: You know, I appreciate that quite a lot. My thinking is somewhat similar, although... I
0: believe slightly
5: less mercenary.
0: Don't judge me by my brother, please.
5: Oh, I'm not judging you. I didn't say there was anything wrong. So, here's the thing. As your brother is no doubt aware at this point, I have my own designs on this city. I'm starting with Point Claire, but that is by no means going to be the end of this. I'm hoping that making this trade will establish a relationship between us. So the question here is... How could I put you in my debt?
0: Well, to be perfectly honest with you, Alex, I I like being the figurehead, but I don't like having the power, if that makes sense. I just want people to fall to their knees.
5: And Alex kind of smiles a little bit. I have worked with quite a lot of nobility. Believe me, I understand that sentiment. problem here is, and this will be somewhat contingent, In our hopeful working relationship, I intend to restructure quite a lot of the way this city runs. And chief among that is accountability. So if you want to be a figurehead, you're going to have to be comfortable with people bringing their concerns to you.
0: I already do plenty of that, and I even file my taxes on time.
5: I have someone for that.
0: So... you keep referring to this... potential working relationship. And of course, I'm always open to a cousin, so to speak. But what do I need to, I mean, you've mentioned accountability. I understand. I'm not looking to be Marie Antoinette or whatever her name was. But what else would I need to do? That seems like far too low of a price. What do you need for us to make this from potential to actual working relationship?
5: Do you know why I went after your brother so hard? Do you have an idea?
0: Because he's an idiot who shows his hand too soon and still hasn't learned that you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar?
5: No. He could have come to me in that car park and driven a sword through the back of my neck and I wouldn't have given half a shit. Could have bombed my house for all I care. The reason that he is trapped in my head right now is because he involved someone else. What I need from you is an understanding that as much as is possible, things will be kept where they belong. That's all. Like I said, accountability. If you have a problem with me, you bring it to me. You address it through me. We don't involve other people. And of course, that goes both ways. I'll never go after one of the people that you associate with to get to you. And I expect that in all of our dealings with anyone with whom we deal. Sounds perfectly reasonable to me. I think Alex is actually going to kind of extend a hand over for a shake.
0: Finn actually, like, takes your hand and kisses it.
5: I think Alex is weirdly okay with this. Like, it's this, it's... It's the melodramatic bullshit that he would do. Like, I think Alex actually looks a little bit amused at that. And I do have one other uh, question here. So, in that vein, if you'll excuse the pun, when we arrive at your club, am I expecting retaliation? What's your character's beef with me?
0: I mean, I would be lying if I said I was terribly, terribly upset about what you did to my brother. Honestly, he deserved to be kind of ripped apart at this point. Um, But I mean, trapping someone else in your head is a little excessive. I understand your perspective on it now, but I mean, that's my main issue, is that you're holding him hostage beyond the time it would take him to rebuild his body after the damage you did to it.
5: Yes, well, that was the point. I want him to understand... That there are consequences. It's very easy when you live the life that we live to lose sight of that. So like I said, I'm expecting a trade. I take the body, and I'll return you him.
0: No one is waiting to attack you. No. Now, of course, I will have a contingent there because it is my club. And I can't really change that fact. As long as you are not aggressive towards me and I give them no reason to... Make a move, so to speak. Then no, I'm not planning on doing that. We're having a perfectly reasonable conversation here right now we?
5: which I appreciate. I have so
0: few of these these
5: days. And I think at that point, they kind of pull up in front of the club. And Alex will get out. And of course, you know, being the uh, the gentleman that he is, will open the door
0: and we use that door opening shot to pan back and end on Victor. Victor, you feel yourself get pulled through this mirror. and it, it hurts. Like, the mirror is both solid and non-existent at the same time. And it's like it's shattering and reforming around you. And as you, like, come through to the other side, the scent of sulfur fills your nose and lungs as whoever it was that pulled you through shoves you to the ground. What do you do?
2: I roll with that shove and try to come up pointing a shotgun in that direction.
0: You come up pointing the shotgun and there's no one there.
6: Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to subscribe to us on your preferred podcatcher and follow us on Twitter at St. Fleur Pod. If you want to support the creators who are bringing you this content, consider becoming a patron. You can find us on Patreon at the link in the episode description. Unable to be a patron, but still want to support us? Consider leaving us a rating and review on your podcatcher or tweeting us your thoughts so others can see how much you like what you're hearing. Shadows of St. Fleur is an Urban Shadows actual play podcast MC'd and edited by Landon Cornell. You can find him on Twitter at Occasional GM. Alistair, who may end up finding himself buried in meticulously counted rice, is voiced and played by Andy. You can find him on Twitter at AndyLion92. Alex, whose church confessions feel much more like an interview, is voiced and played by Jeremy. You can find him on Twitter at Teuface. Silk, whimsical interior designer extraordinaire, is voiced and played by Eric. You can find him on Twitter at primefactorx one Victor, a true friend to the undeserving and underserved, is voiced and played by Evan. You can find him on Twitter at Nyquist And finally, Jeremiah, the only one of the shadows who seems to actually have a real job, is voiced and played by Allison. Urban Shadows is a powered-by-the-apocalypse tabletop role-playing game, written, designed, and developed by Andrew Medeiros and Mark Diaz-Truman. It is published by Magpie Games, who you can find at magpiegames.com or on Twitter at Magpie Official. Farewell to your listener. We'll see you next time you visit St. Fleur.